Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined today by Maggie Palmer. Hello, Maggie. Hello, Sarah. How, you How are you? I heard it's sunny. It is sunny here in Portland, and you were trying to disparage your former town, and <laughs> I'm going to have none of that. None of that. I said I was feeling very at home today because it's raining here. <laughs> rain? What's rain? <laughs> Makes me think of you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, first off, we haven't spoken since I stayed at your beautiful beach house. You were very generous to loan our family that, so thank you very, very much. You're welcome. I'm so glad you had a good time. Yeah. And oh my goodness, I wish I had taken some video of Augie running around on the off-leash beach. Gosh, that's hard to say. Off-leash beach. (laughs) (laughs) Off-leash beach. (laughs) He had a great time and he just wanted to make friends with every single thing that walked by, whether it had four legs or two. So um, that was very fun. Yeah. 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 And I really enjoyed um, snuggling on the couch with him, which I, he was on top of one of the, um, many quilts that you have out there in your closet so he was not on the furniture itself he was on the on the thing <laughs> that's why i have so many quilts <laughs> right, right. my kids also said that one of them one of the quilts smelled like bacon so he particularly liked that <laughs> once and my my kid my kids my vegetarian kids want nothing to do with that one so <laughs> oh my gosh why does it smell like bacon i don't i spray bacon because i feel like that entices people to book again <laughs> right exactly forget the smell of warm baked chocolate chip cookies it's the smell of bacon that gets them that reels them in these days <laughs> it, it is <laughs> works for me mm, bacon <laughs> oh. so um so okay so you're in chicago now but you you're you recently announced to team amr that um more changes afoot in your family's life it is my husband um got a job in northeast ohio which is where i'm from mm-hmm. and it's really I don't know. You know, I was I was thinking I had all these mixed feelings. I went on a run. I was on a six mile run in Chicago the other day, which uh-huh. I mean, you really can't be lost in thought um, in Chicago when you're running across busy streets. <laughs> right, right. But yes. I was. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to run. You, you need to run along the lake so that there's no crosswalks or you know no no car I traffic. Know. Yeah, I'm a wuss. It was too cold and it was windy, so I I just opted to run straight down Damon. Um, uh-huh. and I was just lost in thought, and I was I was just having mixed emotions, and I I feel like I finally you know that's why I run. I feel like that's why a lot of us run, mm-hmm. is it is a bit of a therapy. Um. And I just kind of work through the emotions um, of, you know, you think your life is supposed to go a certain way and you put so much time and effort into making a decision like moving to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I sold all my stuff. You remember yep. my saga oh. with my lamps? Yeah. I, I sold <laughs> I uh, all, I... everything. I donated. <laughs> we sold our house. Yep. Um, you know, we sat down with the, the kids and we had a talk about their new home and their new school. And I had like uh, the history of the Caribbean. And I was so prepared. And then after everything, you know, we just kind of were like, Hey, you know, daddy got a job in Northeast Ohio. So here we go. Get in the car. <laughs> it's like, it just, that's life, you know? Yeah, and I yeah. thought it's interesting. We're talking about social media today because I think I went ahead and put something on social media. Um, because I just feel like, especially women. I, I, a lot of runners I know were, were kind of type A. You have a plan. You're like, I'm going to get married mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome. And we're going to have two kids, you know, and then mm-hmm. uh, your spouse cheats on you and, or you end up getting divorced. It just doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Or you try to have a child 
and everybody around you is having kids. I mean, everywhere you look, it's like the puppy, you know, the dog down the street is pregnant. Why can't I get pregnant? And you're like, I wanted um, my kids two yeah. years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like the bigger picture here is just life just, you know, it just doesn't always work out the way you wanted it to, but maybe in the end it works out for the best because um, I'm going to be 45 minutes from my parents and my brother. Oh, so, awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you had told me before we went on that you want to sort of talk, dive into the deeper sense of, of the move. And it so resonates with me because, and the whole social media thing, because, so I went through a very unexpected divorce, um, from my first husband at a young age, I was 29. And at the time I thought I was the only person who was 29 and going through a divorce. I just was convinced and then finally I go, I don't know, to my high school reunion a couple of years later and like half the people there were on their second marriage. And I was like, wait a minute, where were you when I was struggling and feeling so alone? And <clears throat> excuse me, you know, you just make uh, sometimes the, the stuff you put up on social media and there really wasn't, there was not Facebook back then because uh, that, uh, that is how old I am. Uh, but you know, that the just even in the grapevine, the, the pre-internet buzz, there was you know, no sense of that. And so it's so easy, I think, to, that people only put up the good stuff and the successful stuff and the triumphs on, on social media. So I think it's great that you were candid and were like, Hey, we didn't plan to move back near all of this, but, but I'm gonna make it work. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, that's the bigger picture about social media is why a lot of people have a love hate relationship with it and they take breaks from it, you know, and, Mm -hmm. but then they always, they come back. It's a great way to get a, big message out there. You know, I don't have to call 500 people. I can just Mm -hmm. put it on social media and walk away. Um, But, you know, people are not putting up really terrible things. Most of the time they're putting up really good things like, oh, look at these flowers my husband bought me because he loves me. And it's like, (laughs) well, you know, I call that it's not Facebook fiction all the time. But I think we all have those people in our lives that we're like, wow, everything is so perfect for this person. Um, But then you have the other people that you're like, well, that was a TMI, you know, we love TMI here at AMR, but <laughs> we all have that one person on social media that we're like, I would not have really shared that wide. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh my goodness. But I mean, I so often think about you and your family situation and how much I admire just your ability to roll with everything. And I mean, you. I, you know, I, did, I don't remember the lamp story particularly, but I remember just every weekend you were selling stuff and sitting out there in your driveway, you know, like, like Sanford and Son 2.0 and trying to get rid of all your junk. And that, that, you know, I mean, I just also imagine like that you had pared down and you had like each kid probably had like one pair of flip flops, maybe two, like, so there's a spare if one gets lost and, and, you know, a, a couple pairs of shorts and t-shirts and, you know, goodbye winter coats and, and corduroy and sweaters and all that stuff and then you land back in Chicago where it's like yeah those flip-flops you can wear those for about six weeks this year mm-hmm. you know yeah and, and then <laughs> Ohio so that's where we're gonna be forever uh-huh. uh, that's it I'm not moving again I've already told my husband I'm like I'm so excited for him he it's a big um, job and he's gonna do great and it's exactly what he wanted to do um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, this is it. So the, you're climbing the ladder. We've kind of, we've hit the top rung. 
<laughs> you're 40, but you're just going to hang out on that top rung. We're just going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. But you kept your beach house here in Oregon and Oregon and Ohio, despite the first letter they share is they're kind of far apart. You know, so I I think you I I'm not buying that you're going to stay in Ohio for the rest of your life. No. And, you know, yeah. I love Oregon. We were there for over a decade. Um, I have, you know, friends who become like family out there. So I I really plan to go back and forth quite a bit. And um, mm-hmm. I, they're just two great places. I, I absolutely love mm-hmm. Ohio as well. I think people who have never been to Northeast Ohio um, I, they're really missing out. I mean, Cleveland, the Akron area, we have a huge mm-hmm. AMR population. Oh, I know. I know. Area. Well, that was, that was, that was, you know, my, my, well, my first thought was, oh my gosh, Maggie's family is being uprooted again. My second thought was she is moving to like prime mother runner territory. <laughs> I am. I can't wait. Go spread the word. Yeah. And they've already told me I'm, I'm welcome to join their running club. Um, they just ran last weekend. And they went to a cute little coffee shop. So I'm I'm very excited. I think it'll be great. And, you know, I mean, but I've had my moments where, you know, you're cursing the world and why me? Why did this happen? This wasn't, this isn't how mm-hmm. it was supposed to go. But we mm-hmm. all do that all the time. And I think it's just how we react to it. You know, are we going to mm-hmm. just live in that state of self-pity or, you know, pick up, dust off and keep moving along. And that, you know, we always talk about that's running. I think being a distance runner has given me the stamina, you know, to Mm -hmm, deal with everything. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also, you know, just life takes many different turns that you never, you don't see coming. And that I think about like, well, if I, you know, if husband number one hadn't suddenly left me, then I would, I was, you know, we're on track to have kids hopefully the next year and everything. And so my kids would have been so much older than Dimity's kids. So I don't think the whole AMR community would exist as it is because Dimity would have tried to find somebody else to run that, you know, 2007 marathon with, and, you know, I I don't know where it would have gone. So um, it's like an E.M. Forrester novel that just, you know, somebody picks up someone else's umbrella and suddenly they're being crushed by a bookcase, you know, 200 pages later. So um... yeah, I mean, everything, (laughs) everything happens for a reason. And Mm -hmm. people say that it's kind of annoying when you're in a bit of a crisis. <laughs> and, and people say yeah. that to like patting you on the back. Well, you know, here's the silver lining. Everything happens for a reason and just kind of like stare mm-hmm. daggers at them. But uh-huh. you, you know, I think, you know, in your core, everything happens mm-hmm. for a reason. So mm-hmm. I, I believe it, mm-hmm. you know, and so I told my husband, uh, my gift for surviving Irma is an Escalade. Yeah. So he, he did let me sit in the Escalade <laughs> at the dealership <laughs> because our van is still on the island so oh my gosh yeah it's, it's, oh my it's gosh. allegedly it, it'll be coming home you know in the next two to five years but <laughs> someone... you're not still like make, did, were you making payments on it do you have to pay insurance on it oh, so that's why the van is coming home because you know my husband uh we own the van oh yeah so okay. he wasn't gonna leave that puppy on the island <laughs> Even though it ended up upside down in a swimming pool. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, we got it all fixed up. Uh, again, allegedly, we got it fixed mm-hmm. on the island. We weren't mm-hmm. there. Um, it's mm-hmm. supposed to be coming to Miami, and then someone is going to drive it to Ohio. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> somebody said to me today, if, if the minivan could talk 
And I was like, no, I feel like the minivan would be like in a bar with just chain smoking because. Yeah, exactly. Leaned over. Yeah, I'll have a double man. Exactly. And they're like, you've had enough. And then she just looks at them and they're like, here's the bottle. With I can see the the headlights are like with the you know kind of eyelids going down and her and the mascara underneath the headlights are kind of smeared. exactly. Oh, if only I could draw! Oh my gosh, I can see it so clearly. Somebody in my draw mind. this for us, please, and put it on the Facebook page. Yeah, she's like please, she's playing please, the Kino machine over in the corner, and everyone's like, she's been there for like eight hours. Is she alive? And I don't know. Touch her. Somebody taps her. She's like ah. <laughs> What do you want? Well, see, now you've, t- now you've turned it into an animated film. Like, I, <laughs> this is what I do I on my want... runs. I think, I think, what if the minivan could talk? What would she say? And then before you know it, you know, 10 miles done. <laughs> and you're laughing hysterically oh. on the corner in Chicago. So you totally fit in. Oh my gosh. I want to hear what my uh, Pacifica hybrid has to say because, you know, Molly and I drove it down to San Francisco, but then it had a completely different adventure coming back because Alex, the podcast producer sitting here to my left, drove it back, spent what, two nights? No, one night, Alex. How many nights did you camp on the way back? I stayed with a friend one night and camped the other night. Oh, but you were gone. Okay, you had two nights and, and, uh, yeah, and you disc golfed. Yes. So you played disc golf. I shouldn't use golf as a verb. That's you fine. played disc golf on the way back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I wanna, I wanna hear that. That's the other still is the, you know, <laughs> the, the minivan kicking up her heels and being like, "Woo, this is much more exciting." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I went on a camping trip. Right. He had a good time. The Sienna, like, oh. she would be very angry about. <laughs> what the Pacifica got to do. I was like, really? Really? Because right. I used to live right. in suburban Oregon, okay? <laughs> I wasn't always right. this way. You're, fu- <laughs> You're fueled by electricity? No way! That's that's unreal! I could only hope for such freedom. <laughs> She's like, I'm two different colors now. They fixed me on the island. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See, I envision your van, I think, just re- sell it to, you know, an entrepreneurial islander who then, you know, shuttles... Um, the returning vacationers around. Oh, yeah, because minivans are in high demand. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I will have you talk to my husband. Right. Because right. <laughs> not listening to me. <laughs> and she'll be at the casino down there in St. Martin. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, you alluded and both of us alluded to today's topic, which is um, how social media and technology are affecting running. Maggie and I will be joined by two guests, one after another, a social media icon and a magazine editor in the tech and fitness realm. I'm going to confess up front, neither one of the guests is a mother runner, and um, they're about two decades younger than I am. But, um, you know, hey, social media is ruled by the young. Um, So first up is Kelly Roberts, a.k.a. Run Selfie Repeat, an influencer in the running world across myriad social media channels. Kelly very openly shares her running successes and tribulations on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and other channels, as well as encouraging her hashtag badass lady gang to be body positive. Kelly will join the conversation right after this quick break. Welcome to the show, Kelly. I've been wanting to have you as a guest for so long. I'm glad you let me, even though I'm not a mom. <laughs> yeah. You get an asterisk next to your name. But other than that, yes. No, no, no. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. 
So I got to say, in our social media landscape, I struggled a bit on how to define kind of who, what you are. So how do you sum up your professional life? Um, It's certainly not a job that, you know, like the 20th century would understand. If I'm talking to anyone over 40, I call myself a circus clown just because I don't, (laughs) it's not even worth it. (laughs) Hey now, hey now. (laughs) It's true. Even my own mom is like get a job (laughs) my parents feel the same way they're like what what is a podcast sarah (laughs) yeah there you go Uh you get it you absolutely get it no but Uh I, i mean i call myself a creator because i think I think because I span so many different uh, mediums, it's just mm-hmm. easier to just call myself a creator or a blogger. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, you don't no, don't paint yourself into a corner by just saying blogger. Yeah, I think it just depends on how much time I have with the person, <laughs> or if I want to get away. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm a leap. <laughs> so you're you're really open about a lot of things, which we love, um, including <laughs> how much you used to hate running. Anyone who follows you knows the story. Uh, so tell us about how you became the runner you are today. Yeah, I never I've never been athletic before. I mean, I still struggle so freaking much. Mm-hmm. And uh, well I started done. running four, five years ago, 2002. 13, 12, I don't even remember. I mm-hmm. yeah, my I've I've always struggled with my weight. I've always struggled with being active to me. You know, being active was always a ways to a mean. It was a ways for like me to lose weight that I always thought that I, I needed to lose in order to be beautiful, to feel attractive, to mm. think that I was worthy of love from someone else because I just didn't love myself. And uh I, my younger brother Sky, he passed away in 2009 and I gained a lot of weight just trying mm-hmm. to survive. And uh, uh, there came a point where I was pushing everyone away. I was really unhappy. I just felt out of control and I completely changed my life by going to the gym and eating healthy. And it was the longest year of my life. But, <laughs> you know, I going to the gym always sucked. And eventually, luckily, after I graduated from college, like a year later, I found running. I was just desperate enough <laughs> to do something that wasn't the gym. And I just needed a way to feel proud of myself and to do something with my life because I wasn't really doing anything post-college. Mm-hmm. And I just it the second I crossed my first finish line, I felt so proud that I had accomplished something that I thought was impossible that I just mm-hmm. kept going. And, you know, soon enough, I ran a marathon and. I kind of realized that just because something is like exponentially more difficult for me and just because I'm not athletic or it doesn't come naturally to me doesn't mean that I shouldn't apply myself and that I can't have fun doing it or get better. And it Mm -hmm. kind of just bled into every single aspect of my life, like professionally, personally. I mean, everyone who listens to this podcast knows how empowering Mm -hmm. it is to to do something Mm -hmm. like set a goal to run a distance race or hit a PR and accomplish Mm -hmm. it or come close or try Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. See, that's, I mean, that answer right there is why um, I was like, okay, it doesn't matter that she's not a mom. Like, I think, <laughs> I think you are so relatable to so many people. I've been so, through a lot. Um, so I have an old soul. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen so, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Soul of the van. And you've showed it all. Unfortunately. Uh, to us. Oh, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's even worse. <laughs> I have been through Just it. wait till you get older. <laughs> I have a great therapist. <laughs> um, so Kelly, you've you've rebranded yourself a few different times on social media. You started out as as a run selfie repeat, yeah. which is still sort of the name of your podcast, but your website is now she can and she did. Yeah. And uh, 
and you lead the hashtag sports bra squad. So talk to us about that evolution. And it was, you know, it was, you did it in front of your followers and um, admittedly there's some detractors out there. So talk us through that. Yeah. I, I mean, I never thought I'd ever be a blogger. I, all my life, spent all my life hiding my story and mm. trying to control what people knew about me and didn't know about me because a lot of what I've been through and a lot of my story is, was so tied to shame and, uh, it just, I grew up in a very picture perfect suburban town with very rich people and we were not rich and we had mm. a lot going on. We had, mm-hmm. I grew up with a lot of stuff and I just didn't want any of my friends to know. And, you know, that definitely bled into, you know, why I have, you know, issues with body image and, and food and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, I graduated from college with an undergrad in theater and I didn't really know what to do with it. And moved to New York and was a receptionist and still trying to figure out what I was going to do and uh, went viral Mm -hmm. for taking selfies with hot guys behind me. Something that (laughs) during a half marathon, which, you know, like the selfies with the hot guys part, like I think a lot of people who knew me were like, yeah, that makes sense. But the the half marathon (laughs) part, people were like, nope, didn't see that coming. And I, I was encouraged to start a blog and I did and didn't really know what I was doing and thought I would hate it, thought I would never, you know, like writing or doing anything like that and sharing my story and having to open up, but I loved it. And mm-hmm. I, I, it's been four years since then. And, you know, I've changed. I've gotten older. I went viral when I was 20, 24, 25. I'm now mm-hmm. 20, question mark (laughs) I don't know how old I am I could text my sister and find out she always knows but (laughs) I think I'm 28 I'm 28 or 29 and uh what what year were you born in woman 89 here yeah let's do some quick math hold on (laughs) I was born 88 so she's probably 28 there you go I'm 28 okay I need like a sticker that tells me how old I am uh yeah I so much has happened in those four years you know and I the selfies stopped being funny to me mm-hmm. after, mm-hmm. you know, a year. And to be honest, that name I never was super fond of. It kind of was mm-hmm. like gun to the head, get a blog on its feet right now, pick a name. And that mm-hmm. seemed cute and kitschy. And so we went with it. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, so much of so much of a brand is being able to take risks and know mm-hmm. what you're trying to say and who your audience is and Trying to tell the stories of women has always been my goal. Like, I think my story is great and whatever, but I, I'm just one person and we can amplify so many more experiences if we, if I help, you know, use my platform to to amplify other women's voices. So she can and she did was something that I wanted Run Self Repeat to, to become for a while, but I was so afraid to take that that leap and make the change. And so I sat on it for like a year and a half. And then after the election, I was like, the time is now. And then I still was a little bit afraid. But, you know, the ball started rolling. And uh, finally, last year, it was time to do it. And so we did. And it's it's happening. And it's just a matter of trying to just stay true to what I'm trying to say at that moment and not being afraid of, you know, throwing everything at the wall. And, you know, sometimes things aren't going to work. That's okay. You, Mm -hmm. you, You move and you evolve and you flow. How, so how close mm-hmm. is social media, Kelly, to real life, Kelly? And how close do you think that should be? I, for me, I think it's very, very, very true. It's definitely a cure, a more curated version of me. But 
I, I try to, I'm very purposeful with how often I, I use, you know, photos from a photographer versus my photos just because mm. it doesn't speak to me. I could look at beautiful pictures of people with a, you know, what do they call it? A D DLHR, DHLR mm. all day mm. long, but that's not real life. I don't really care for it. You know, those posed, your hair's done. There's a time and a place for it. And I think it works for a lot of people, but I don't think it really works for me. Mm -hmm. I think for the most part, like I think my social media should be a reflection of what I'm experiencing, whatever that means, whatever that looks like. Sometimes I play around with some more professional looking stuff. But for the most part, like I really love that I can take a picture of a moment in time and tell a story from it. So I think it's pretty close. It's definitely calculated. Like it's not like, you know, like another person's any any other person's uh, social media feed just because I I one have a degree in storytelling, so I come to it with a very different lens on. But for the most part, I try to keep it very real and very vulnerable and very raw. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Do you ever think about when you like? looking back on it, do you ever get kind of almost reflective as it's happening and think like, oh my gosh, when I'm like 45 or when I'm 60 and looking back on that, because I sometimes think, I don't know, like I get, we sometimes get handwritten cards from mother runners. And since my address is the store address, they come to me oh. and I like keep, keep them all because I just think like there's going to be a, a day when another mother runner doesn't exist. And I want to go back and read and see that. I love and, that. And I sometimes yeah, or like, you know, I mean, Analog. you have a podcast and you, and yeah, right. Or, or you, but you have a, po Retro. a podcast and, <laughs> and to think like I could go back and listen and hear what I was thinking because I don't know, you know, so I don't know. So how, do you think about, does your future self ever impose and, and wonder like, I don't know, or marvel at what you're doing? Yes and no. I think, I think the only thing I worry about is the stuff that maybe I won't feel proud of in the future. Like what's funny is right mm. before I went viral, literally a week before I went viral, my aunt or cousin, she's like my second cousin, but I call her my aunt. Uh, she came up to me and I had a completely different handle. It was a silly, stupid young person handle. And she said, I want you to go through your social media feeds and make everything the same unified adult social media handle. And I want you to get rid of anything that you're, you wouldn't want someone to see. And what? I did. Thank God. <laughs> right. <laughs> and in the nick of time. <laughs> literally, like four days later, I went viral. But, uh -huh. you know, I I think I've the only lesson I've learned is try not to do things impulsively to at least sit mm -hmm. on things for an hour or to write them down and then read it back and say, like, do I feel OK just writing that down or do I really need to be heard right now? And nine times out of 10, I'm like, no, I just needed to write that down. I, no one needs to see that. Mm -hmm. But I do love that everything's curated. I mean, my brother died and he died right before social media. And I wish he would have had an Instagram. I wish oh, yeah. I would have had an iPhone when he was alive. But we didn't. Like we had digital cameras, but I was away at college. And we, I mean, we have pictures, but we just don't have the... We don't have the, oh, the crazy canon of of stupid photos that we have now. Like I would have treasured that like no other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, to a, to a lesser degree than that feeling, I, I feel the same way that that my kids. You know, we didn't have iPhones when my older daughter was born, and we're um, I guess we didn't have them even when any of my kids were born. And I just see other people. I'm like, oh, I want that type of photo with my kids. I want that type of you know. I'm like, nope, th those days are gone. Yeah. Like, can't recreate them. Yeah, yeah. 
So speaking of being open and candid, you've been very open about your quest to qualify for Boston. Um, uh, yeah, a topic I can relate to. So uh, um, so tell us about BQ or Bust round three uh, and your approach to sharing your efforts on social media. Uh, <laughs> if that's any indication of how it's going. <laughs> yes. I think we've struck a nerve, Maggie. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I have good days and bad. No, it has been the greatest thing I have ever done in the worst way. <laughs> it, there's something, I mean, I have always been someone who has to do something huge when I feel stuck. You know, I'm really good at convincing myself that I'm trying hard enough or doing enough or like, you know, challenging myself enough and stepping outside of my comfort zone and growing and I think when I did it, I was at a place where I was very comfortable and too afraid to try to figure out what was next. And uh, yeah, BQ or Bust just forced me to fail in a huge and spectacular way and realize that the way I was defining success and failure was so whack and so mm. not uh, like conductive to my life. You know, uh, having the courage to just go for something and give it your all. And being open to learning along the way, even when something feels wrong, like all the lessons I learned that first time totally changed me in so many different ways. And and now it's it's different because, you know, the first time I tried, it really was I there was no way in hell I thought I was going to do it. There was I, I honestly didn't think I was going to stick with the training. I thought there would come a day where I would, I would say this is not my thing. This is not for me. I love running because it's fun and I love challenging myself, but I, this is just not my speed. And I loved it in, in a very masochistic way. <laughs> Whereas now, like, I, there's not a doubt in my mind that it's going to happen eventually. You know, I'm, the, I'm having fun doing the paces that I once defined as impossible and they still feel scary, but in a different way, in a manageable Mm -hmm. I can do this. Yeah, of course I can do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's going to hurt and mm -hmm. this is scary, but I can do this. The only caveat is that I'm hurt and I have my oh, performance mm -hmm. muscle and my TFL muscle on my right side are giving me a lot of issues still. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a bummer, oh. but you know, nevertheless, she <laughs> persisted. <laughs> I'm, at a, I'm at a point. I actually just had this conversation with my PT like an hour ago. She said, we're, we're giving it four weeks. If in four weeks we don't feel a noticeable like it's getting better than no race. I'll go for a fall race instead of Vermont City, which is kind of heartbreaking. But she's like, don't worry about it. Don't don't think about it. Do what you're supposed to be doing, what we tell you to do. If, if it happens, it happens. If not, you're still building strength. And it's all a part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a very good perspective sucks. and very true. <laughs> yeah, it does suck. It does suck. Because Vermont City, that's, that's Memorial Day weekend, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that is a ways off. Yeah. And I mean, if I do a fall race, mm -hmm. I do a fall race. It's going to be great. Mm -hmm. Whatever happens, it's going to be great. Well, and, you know, we touched on mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. yeah. your, your new project before, but your message of body positivity resonates with so many women runners. A lot of women who um, kind of got bored of the gym or maybe they were embarrassed to go to the gym. It was just easier to run on yeah. their own. Um, so your posts are really revealing both literally and emotionally, which people obviously relate to. That's I, you know, why you went viral. Um, I remember when you took the selfies, and I was like, "This girl is awesome. <laughs> this is so funny." But you know, on the about page of your website, you write, "I set out to inspire people who were struggling to find a way to feel proud of themselves." 
So can you tell us a little bit about your yeah. approach and outlook in that area? I think for, well, I don't think I know, we know this, like studies have shown that the like women who are larger are, are just held to a, to such a different standard than men. You know, if a woman's obese, she's less likely to go to college. If a woman's larger, she's seen as lazy. She is seen as someone who, who like is not someone who can see a goal through. Like there's all these different studies that show that, you know, all these that when a woman is, is quote, overweight, which probably isn't the case, she's just a different size that, you know, that she's not capable of, of doing things. She doesn't she doesn't work out, which isn't the case. I mean, we know this when we show up at races, we see women of all different ages and sizes mm -hmm. kicking butt. I'm going to censor mm -hmm. myself there because I don't know if I can say the A word. <laughs> They're bammers. <laughs> I have a mouth. I have a mouth. <laughs> But for me, like I, I did, I, I was very, very insecure about being at a gym. You know, I was convinced that everyone who was looking at me saw me and, and thought like, oh, poor her or uh, what is she doing here? Or like she's not working hard enough or, you know, she's lazy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like I was convinced I wrote narratives for everyone around me. I was I was so uncomfortable there. <laughs> I still don't like the gym, not for that reason, just because it's not my I can't it's it's just not something I enjoy doing. But mm -hmm. finding a way to get active that wasn't about losing weight and was still about building strength in more than just a physical sense absolutely changed my life. You know, I never thought mm -hmm. that I would be someone who who could say like, oh, I can't wait to go for my 13 mile <laughs> run tomorrow. <laughs> but I'm here, you know, like it happened. And yeah, it's hard. There are days when the last thing I want to do is go for a run. And it's not about saying like, I don't want to run today, so I'm not going to. But it's about saying like, yeah, I kind of don't really want to go for a run, but I know I'm going to feel great that I did it. And I know this is, I, I, I'm going to like all that stress that I'm feeling right now from my day is going to go away. And like the pros totally outweigh the cons. But getting started and making that routine established and getting to a place where you, you know, don't feel like an like the, like an other or an outsider it takes so much time and so much work on your own part. And that's not something that we really see a lot of people talk about is how hard it is to, you know, get to a place where you're willing to say like, oh, it was me who was holding me back. And this is going to be really hard, but hard doesn't mean impossible. And I can do this. And that's why like communities like yours and the communities like the one I'm building are so transformational for so many people because you just are surrounded by people who say like, I get it. I'm going through that too. And like, I believe in you. And then mm -hmm. I believe in you. And it just helps mm -hmm. everyone get to the next mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, so when I was putting together the notes for this, it, it was occurring to me that there are certain parallels between like showing muffin top or jiggly bits on social media and posting workouts on Strava or other online workout logs, like that vulnerability and putting yourself on display. Yeah. So, so any words are of encouragement for badass ladies who might be hesitant to bear themselves in any one of those I ways? I think it's important to remember that there are people out there who are going to judge you, you know, like there are those weirdos mm -hmm. out there. And I don't want to call them a weirdo because they're going through whatever they're going through. You know, most most people, I think, for the most part, aren't out for other people. It's just they're reflecting on something mm -hmm. that they're going through. But I get it. Like it's it is really, really hard to post everything and be real when you maybe aren't super proud of where you're at compared to where other people are at. 
I know for me, like I run with these crazy speedy people who, you know, can sit on their butts for six months and then pick up after a week of getting like my coach just had the flu for a week, like doesn't run a ton, but like busted out a 130 oh. half. <laughs> You oh my know, gosh. or like yeah. I ran with these people in Virginia Beach at a half two weeks ago. <laughs> and like they show up and they're like, oh, we're so hungover. We haven't trained. And just like do 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 do. Whereas I'm like, I am giving everything. <laughs> like I have trained months <laughs> for this, you know, and I'm the one in the back. Whereas everyone's like drinking beer. And I'm like, I hate you, you know, but that's it's hard for me not to say like that's not fair. And like you shouldn't, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's like two different experiences. We're all born into what we're born into. Yeah, I'm working really hard. And that's something that I should be proud of, not something that I should shame someone else, just because they're, you know, naturally right. athletic or, you know, whatever. It's it really is about mm-hmm. being proud of where you're at. And it's very, very hard. So much easier said than done. But I think when you get to a place where you can just celebrate the fact that you're showing up and giving your all, it's not about the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even like the words fast and slow. I like strong and in your personal best. That resonates with me. If mm-hmm. someone tells me to run strong and run your best, I know that feeling. You know, maybe my my fast is not comparable to someone I runs with fast, but that doesn't matter. If as long as we both give our all, that's the same mm-hmm. that's the same feeling and the same sense of effort. See, you are a mother runner, even though you don't have any offspring. Right now. Um. <laughs> Knock on wood. No. Not I that you know about anyway. <laughs> I can barely feed myself. It's like what you usually say to men, but it's like you say it to a woman, not that you know of. And it's like, what? <laughs> How would I not know that happened? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you never know. Stranger yeah, it's like things those have happened. TLC shows. Like, I didn't even know I was pregnant. You're like, what? That How do you not know like that? <laughs> I have an irrational fear of getting pregnant. I, I kind of call it these things a whack job. They all secretly judge us, I'm sure. <laughs> no, no, he outwardly judges me. <laughs> he tells me I'm a wacko. That's the professional. I term. think that's okay. Though. Well, speaking of um, speaking yeah. of bearing yourself, um, we love TMI topics, and we know you do too. And you really upped your game recently when you posted that graphic image of. What happens when your sports bra chafes you to the point of bleeding a lot <laughs> over the course oh of a 16-mile run? So oh, our, yeah. our big burning question here, no pun intended, is as the leader of hashtag sports bra squad, uh, how did that epic wardrobe malfunction happen? I think my, my – Wazel makes my favorite sports bra ever or they made – and it's they don't make it anymore. And I've just been so I haven't wanted to replace it with a new one because I think I just keep hoping that I'm going to reach for it and it'll be a new one. You know, it will have regenerated itself yes, like muscles after a long workout. Saying goodbye to those sports bras was like saying goodbye to an ex-boyfriend. That's how hard it was for me to throw those out. And uh, I think it's just been weeks of uh, chafing, like building on top of each other. But Oh, my God. I look like someone put my boobs through a meat grinder. It is so bad. I'm still in so much pain. I, I haven't worn a bra. Oh, no, well, only when I run. And even then, like, I've been busting out meat. Like, I had mile repeats this week. And I'm like, this is nothing compared to what I feel in my boobs right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was that. And just I uh, stupidly put, you know, body glide and two skin on the wrong parts of i it was just all everything that could have gone wrong went wrong 
It was so embarrassing. Oh my god. Oh yeah, I mean because it wasn't like you were on some country lane. No, you know it was you were you were in the city. What's horrible is that in New York City, like it's it's awesome because people will be like, "Hey Kelly," like yeah, sports bra squad, Uh go Kelly. They'll like say hi to me, Uh which I love. Like it's Uh so awesome. New York is such a huge and vibrant and amazing running scene, and that's the best part about running around Uh here is that you know like there's always someone maybe you know or someone maybe you know of. So like at least twelve people said hi to me. And I had I had my oh, Jaybird uh, headphones in, so I couldn't hear anything. Like I was blasting Beyonce. Oh goodness! And what's even <laughs> more upsetting is that uh, I dropped a gel, so I had to drop by my cousin's house to pick up some um, gummy bears. <laughs> so my cousin comes downstairs to like hand them off to me, and he was going. He was like, he looked like he was screaming at me, but I thought he was just like, yeah, Kelly. And I like took him, and I'm like, hey, David, <laughs> bye, David. And then I put my phone down to film me talking because I that's what I do. I film myself all the time. Uh-huh. And the, my reaction is you could see it on my face. Like I was mortified. Yeah, it was because also it got so sweaty that then like what would have been like probably not all that. I don't think there was. It's like having your period. Like, there's not all that much blood. Like. It yeah. looked like I had my period <laughs> no, on my was... stomach. Yes. It was so much blood. <laughs> and- that shirt is ruined. It, but it looked like it it looked like it spread because of the sweat. You know, it was like, my water uh, like bottle, the way chlorophyll goes through leaves. Covered in blood. Yeah. Like everything. Oh, no. It was just horrible. Oh. It was horrible. And all my shirts that I wore this week. Oh my gosh. Never again. Keeping it real, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so embarrassed. I I don't embarrass easily, and I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I haven't felt that embarrassed since high school. Oh my gosh! Yeah, white pants on a school field trip. Like uh... that's what I tweeted. I was like, I used to fear getting my period in public, and like I do not fear it anymore. <laughs> if I can survive yeah. that, like whatever. It's like an episode of Big Mouth, but for the twenty-something crowd. <laughs> never, ever again. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Well, all right, Kelly. Well, thank you so much for joining us and um, sharing your your experiences and your wisdom. And uh, <laughs> and we we hope that you're um, you know, that you get better in time for um, you know, your Vermont City Marathon. But thank uh, we'll, you. We'll, Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all righty. Take it easy. Bye, everyone. Joining us next is Molly Ritterbeck, the Training, Fitness, and Health Director for Hearst's Enthusiast Group which is hard to say. Uh, and that group includes runners, world and bicycling. Molly has raced all distances from one mile to half marathon. And she recently moved from NYC to Connecticut in search of more dirt. Thanks for joining us, Molly. Thanks for having me. So you are in my home state. Uh, where in Connecticut do you live? I grew up in Stanford in the part of Stanford that's tucked up next to New York state. That is exactly where I am. No, it is not. Yes. Do you, yes. you live in Stanford? I do. I just moved to Harbor Point, so that newish area close to the water. Oh, see, okay, okay so um, I can bore people that Stanford's a long city, and so you live down at the by Long Island Sound, whereas my parents were 13 miles away up in the northern part. And okay. I see to you, Stanford's like oh, by the ocean, by the water, and I 
I always felt like the um, James and James and the giant peach that the ocean was this far distant thing. <laughs> My parents are it's not Aunt, Aunt Sponge that. and Aunt Spider, but anyway, no. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say that because when I first moved there, I'd lived in New York for 11 years. And so mm-hmm. everything to me was very neighborhoody. And mm-hmm. so I just thought our neighborhood was Stanford. And so I started venturing out and like going for runs or like riding my bike. Uh And suddenly I'm like reading the street signs and I'm still in Stanford. And I'm like, how big is this place? (laughs) (laughs) Everything just felt so different from New York, but it's nice. It's a good reprieve. Oh, good. Good, good, good. So you've got your finger on the pulse of a lot of topics at Hearst Publications. In the current journalism landscape, How much of your work life would you say is online? Everything now, to be Mm -hmm. honest. We have actually really focused in on digital just very recently. Um, And so we still have a print product, of course, but we're really doubling down on the digital side of our business. And in that, you know, that's how we're executing our content, but that's also how everybody's, you know, absorbing content these days mm-hmm. through social media, through digital platforms. And so, you know, you really just have to follow where the consumers are. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I really like that. Uh, for me out here on the West Coast, I get it in the late afternoon, uh, the runner's world email every day. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> always really good, you know, clickbait on the headlines. And then, and then <laughs> the stories deliver, you know, they're interesting. And, you know, oftentimes tweet worthy. So, you know, get a little traction myself, but um, yeah, no, 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 you guys, you guys do a good job. So keep at it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, okay. So how about your athletic life? Do you ever feel like if you run and you don't like post a Strava that you almost wonder if the run really happened? So I'm going to tell you my big dirty secret (gasps) right now. This is confession. I am not on Strava. Oh my I think gosh. I actually have a profile because <laughs> like I've had to make one for some reason. Uh-huh. Um, but I've intentionally chosen not to be Look on it. Look at you. Yeah. You're a young Luddite. That's amazing. <laughs> You're, I feel like I found a unicorn. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. So it's weird. I, I definitely get it. I understand it. I've been in the app and I totally get what it offers i think it's it's an incredible technology um but that said yes like there are other things you know i post a lot of my workouts to instagram so it's not like Mm -hmm. i'm some you know i'm magically immune to this this Mm -hmm. pull of social media or sharing Mm -hmm. um parts of our lives but yeah i mean like if if you i i saw a, a listener asked us the question if you run and don't post it to Strava did it really happen and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the the answer is yes of course yeah yeah so then do you track do you track your workouts online in any form occasionally through a run app um Mm -hmm. sometimes through my watch but I don't keep a strict log I'm a little I often use running to escape you know I work in digital media so I'm looking at screens all day I'm using my phone I'm constantly communicating with people and so I really use that time to get away and kind of tune out a little bit that's awesome that's awesome and then and then when you train for a race do you follow a plan do you keep track of, of those workouts or you just keep keep in the blissfully almost ignorant mode Yeah, you know, we joke about it as as fitness editors in our industry that we are really the worst people (laughs) for this because, like, you know, generally, I I wouldn't be in shape to run a marathon tomorrow, no doubt, but generally you're in good enough shape to have a pretty good base, you know, Uh so I I have followed plans, I do track when I'm training specifically for something, 
but I would definitely err on the side of less strict. Like I'm not like following every workout to the T, you know, <laughs> I do things that make me feel good and that I listen to my body a lot of times. So it's like, I know I have to get in a long run, then I'll definitely make that happen. But in between those things, I might do a speed workout because I'm, you know, trying to get a little bit faster, but I might, you know, intersperse a strength workout or workout or yoga because I know that's what my body is asking for those days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good, good. I think I think you need to um, maybe spread that word a little far and wide. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, I'm trying. You know, good. yeah. <laughs> Runners are hard to wrestle away from the run. You know. Yeah, yeah. So you missed the beginning part of this, Molly. When I I talked about. Um, I do something similar. Sometimes I track my runs and other times I give my uh, minivan, which is stuck on a Caribbean island, a personality and how (laughs) her journey of getting back to me in the States after a hurricane. Um, So I I, I tend to do that too. And, you know, I think there's two camps because you see those memes that are like, um, what if I told you, you could go for a run and not post it to Facebook. So you have kind of these cynical people who are like, I don't need to see every workout you do. Why are you doing this? Are you just trying to get uh, people to be like, wow, look at her. Look what she just did. And then you have the other side of that that they feel like it motivates them. So they see their friend went out and ran. Oh, I could do it too. Or she just ran a marathon. Well, maybe I could do it. So, um, you know, what do you think about that? What, where do you kind of fall on those two sides? Yeah, absolutely. There's a double-edged sword to these things. Um, Social media in particular can be very motivating, but it can also uh, be a little bit of a detriment to your own experience or your own um, self-esteem or confidence in your running. Mm -hmm. Um, Where I fall, it's again, I'm like a, a hard person to ask because in our industry, there's a bit of an expectation to have like a bit of a presence. Maybe that actually makes me a great person to ask because I, <laughs> I, err, I err on the side of I do share a lot of my workouts. Um, I use my social media more for professional reasons than personal. So like you're not going to land on my page and see a bunch of photos of like my nieces and nephew, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I try to keep it if, you know, pun intended filtered. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I see people on both sides of that. I see a lot of people who truly have cultivated a community through their social media, specifically around running and they use it as a tool. Like they're heading out for their long run and they're telling people like, Oh, I'm about to go out for 20, like DM me cheers, DM me motivation. And, Mm -hmm. and people will do that. They're sending virtual, you know, cheers, through these platforms. Um, And then there's the other side of it where people scroll through each day and they end up feeling more exhausted by it and a little bit bad about themselves and they don't feel inspired by it. And, And that's a real outcome as well. And so I always, when I talk to people about this, advise to just think critically about how it affects you. Is it, is it, if it's the last thing you're looking at before you go to bed and the first thing you're looking at in the morning, what does that mean? If you're looking at it as soon as you wake up and it actually helps you get out of bed and get that run in, that's awesome. Like keep doing that. But if it's, you know, we live in this kind of culture of comparison through these social media platforms. And if it's making you just size up your accomplishments versus everyone else's, then maybe it's time to unfollow people 
And true story, I had a friend once who really hit her limit with that. And she was like, I unfollowed everyone and just followed accounts for baby animals. And it was the best thing she had ever done. So, so yeah, you have to kind of critically look at how it's, how it's affecting you. Uh-huh. I gotta say, sometimes I do that, that, I, that when I feel it's too much, I'm like, I just go hashtag Frenchies of Instagram. Like, oh, look at those other cute dogs. Oh, well, I think too, you know, I, um, I'm, a, I'm more of a, you know, mid, I guess middle of the pack runner. If, if we put labels on things, which again, could be a whole other topic, but, and I manage the, another mother runner Instagram account. Um, so we follow a lot of professional runners and, and sometimes, you know, you're, I'm about to post something about a good run I had, um, you know, hitting like a nine thirty minute mile or something, which is exciting for me. And I see someone, you know, posting a five or six minute mile and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to not put the filter on that says <laughs> what my time was and just say how many miles I ran. But um, so, uh, yeah, I could see how in your profession, you know, you're kind of bombarded with that every day and you have to kind of keep up that facade as well. Yeah, I think it's I can totally identify with that. I'm not the fastest runner out there and I don't pretend to be. Um, It's part running is something I love and I do as part of a larger fitness regimen for myself. Um, And so we're all guilty of that. Like I totally have swiped on my watch screen the other way so you could just see my map of my run versus my stats <laughs> and and likewise if I had a great race and I like PR to 5k I've been sharing that with tons of confetti emojis you know so <laughs> it is you know I think a larger theme here is it does affect the way we communicate and interact with people um mm-hmm. It, it, it's affecting a lot of aspects of our lives right now. We're living through this digital revolution. And of course, running is not um, running is going to be a part of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also find it can even just change over the course of like a training cycle. Like I know when I was um, training to um, qualify for Boston in 2010, and I just sometimes when I'd be at the track and trying to nail a really, really hard workout and I would just think, I just can't wait to put this on Facebook. And that back then it was, um, so this is 2010. So maybe even the two of you don't remember this, but it used to be your status update on Facebook would be your name and then it would be is. So it'd be mm-hmm. Sarah Bowen Shea is. And so then, you know, you're kind of locked into that format. So I always just would be like, I would totally envision it saying Sarah Bowen Shea is a Boston qualifier. And so then I finally did it, but it was, raining super hard that day and and I didn't have quite the race I thought I still did it but it wasn't the time that I had been gunning for so I didn't even put up my time because I was like sort of embarrassed by it and it's just like really like this thing that like can shine out there is this motivator and then uh, like I just and now my gosh if I could run that time in a marathon I'd be you know getting a t-shirt printed that says it so know I just or like Maggie I hear you saying you know oh you don't want to admit that you ran 930 I'm like you know that you average 930 I'm like oh no no honey put that up there because one day you're not going to be able to do that <laughs> and you're going to wish you had had humble bragged about Maybe it we're, so. we are our own worst enemies right and uh everyone mm-hmm. is thinking mm-hmm. the same thing I remember Oprah I don't know why this always sticks with me but she mm-hmm. said if someone is staring at you maybe they're thinking I really like her hair or I really like her earrings and and we're all mm-hmm. thinking we're being judged, but everyone is just as terrified to be judged, which is what mm-hmm. social media has mm-hmm. made, a, you know, instant you wake up 
like you said, you check your phone, you go to bed, you check your phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it really has affected the way we all self identify and and Mm -hmm. it's given everyone the ability to, in a way, brand themselves, you know, like, what is your brand? How are you presenting Mm -hmm. yourself to the world? And, and then you really not to get too existential here, but <laughs> then you really no, start no, to that. start to think about, well, who am I? Who how do I see myself and how confident am I with that person? And that's, you know, that's where a lot of those underlying feelings kind of come into. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 It's interesting, but like bef- I guess sort of before I started thinking about this podcast, I I saw social media a lot more, Maggie. You were talking about the two camps and because of what another mother runner is and does, I saw it as something largely positive because I think about, you know, people who are in our train, like a mother club groups and they get to be in private Facebook pages and private Strava groups. And you just time and time again, you feel that those people are gaining energy and momentum by what people are posting and saying and encouraging. And I don't know. It's, it's sad sometimes to think that, that it can be a force for, for evil is too strong a term, but you know, of not I, good. You know, I think AMR um, has done a really good job of creating a, an environment where there's, we're sharing TMIs. Um, people are talking about being mm-hmm. injured, uh, struggles that they face. So I, I think, you know, in that sense, it's being used for good <laughs> and not evil, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there are, I yeah. think people out there using it for evil in, in some ways. That's exactly right. I mean, you could look at it at a macro level and, you know, for another mother runner, for some other brands out there, has this been a great tool? Absolutely. You know, even just in terms of a body positivity movement, it again Mm -hmm. has given people a platform to reach other people. That's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. On a micro level, again, that culture of comparison, does it make us feel bad about ourselves? Are we all suffering from more anxiety than ever? Probably yes. So you, I always say you kind of have to be your own best advocate, be really vigilant about how it's affecting you personally. And hopefully the good outweighs the bad, generally mm-hmm. speaking. Um, and it gets more people moving, which is what I'm always supportive of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so Molly, given your job, I suspect that you've probably written more than your fair share of, you know, how to stick to your resolutions and how to be race ready at the starting line articles. So you've given some good advice already, but what are, what might be some other advice you give people about, uh, you know, the three top tips for social media and exercise or something like that? Yeah. Right. Write that sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> ready go. Um, yeah. I think, when I think about social media, what it really makes me ponder is your motivations, right? Like there's intrinsic motivation and there's extrinsic motivation. And um, the way runners used to be extrinsically motivated was like, to your point, a BQ time or hearing that crowd as you made the turn towards the finish line, um, maybe the medal at the finish line. Um, But now it's being these extrinsic motivations are being replaced by virtual badges or, you know, the, the cheers from your Instagram community, whatever it is. Mm. Um, Mm. And so what I always try to come back to is 
try to tap into your intrinsic motivation. Like, are you doing this because you really love it? Can you go out there and just do it because you love it? Um, it? Not every day. Like, I can honestly say I, I don't do it every day. If, if you if getting out there for like a sunset Instagram run pick is what's getting you out there, <laughs> then like, amen, <laughs> it, you know, it got you out there. Um, uh-huh. But I think really during this time and when all of this stuff, although it seems like you mentioned 2010, okay, like things are turning a decade old. It seems like a long time, but really these things are in their infancy. We have no idea mm-hmm. how they are affecting us long-term, um, mm-hmm. what those implications are, just to kind of stay in check with what your intrinsic motivation is and that you're doing this just for you and not for anybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Two more tips. Yeah, and I, what was the question? No, well, or I was going to say that I was going to say that I think on top of that, I think um, Maggie sort of brought in an important thing about the being honest, and I think you know, like you say, the the uh, you know social media is somewhat in its infancy, and that that you know we could all lead, you know, women runners can all lead the charge for being honest on these platforms because it is so easy to get kind of beaten down by seeing other people and, and Maggie back to your, the original point in the intro of, you know, if you're only sharing the, you know, the Facebook fiction, then, you know, if we can be truthful, then make it more real. And, um, and then it just, I don't know, it's more encouraging that way because it, you know, then we admit that we had a, you know, a crummy run or that we're getting slow with age. (laughs) I agree. Um, And you'll find that people will engage with you way more when you are honest as well. And that's Mm -hmm. true across any kind of vertical. I was just listening to, um, the Dax Shepard podcast, Armchair Expert, mm-hmm. and him, oh, uh-huh. he had Kristen Bell, his wife, on as a guest. And they talked about the exact same thing that oftentimes, like their relationship is not perfect, but oftentimes they mm-hmm. get these messages like hashtag relationship goals and things like that. And and in fact, they're getting that type of um, admiration due to their honesty. Like they're very mm-hmm. open about their struggles. And you'll see that in running as well. Um, people who really open up that actually attracts people and and welcomes them in and so i think that's also a really good uh tactic for using this is the truth is you do have a platform and so you want to use it responsibly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's interesting that you say that it will attract more comments because i think sometimes i don't i, I don't know is this a generational thing that that um I think maybe younger people are looking to really make it a big conversation on their own personal pages. And that sometimes, I don't know, that was intriguing to me that, that you're saying, oh, do something so that you'll get feedback. Um, whereas, I don't know, sometimes I just like to share because I want to share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I do think uh, engagement is important to this younger generation where this, like they've kind of been digitally native almost their whole lives, you know, Uh like Uh I came up using aim and like AOL and (laughs) that was like the way, you know, I had friends and I didn't even have a cell phone for years, but like I, that was a really cool way. I communicated with my friends at a very young age. It took, it took me a minute to realize you meant, so AOL instant messenger. Yes. Is that what aim stands for? Okay. I I of course thought toothpaste. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think, I think this, I hate the word millennial, but I'll use it Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word that millennial generation, um, 
expects engagement almost or a conversation or they're more comfortable Mm -hmm. in those spaces because it was just kind of part of their lives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, professionally, I definitely do things to, to be engaged and to have a conversation, but sometimes socially, the the few things I do post on Facebook, sometimes I'm just like, I don't know, I want to put my new dog on there because he's so dang cute. And I just like, I don't care if anybody says anything. I just want to show him. I I think the younger generation wants um, to be validated a lot more. I think, I think that's where they come from. Maybe the instant gratification. How many likes am I going to get? How many comments? You know, if I posted, I just ran a half marathon um, and I get three likes, uh, you'd feel a bit bummed like, well, 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 come on, I should be Mm -hmm. validated for what I did. And I think that's where things get dangerous in terms of um, you just finished Mm -hmm. a half marathon. That's great. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's really dangerous. It's like this instant serotonin spike, like you've been approved (laughs) by your peers or whatever it is. And, Mm -hmm. And if we're constantly seeking that out why why aren't we getting that anywhere else or or what's lacking in the other areas of our lives that we're not feeling satisfied that we have to turn to social media to get yeah we've had a lot of conversations on our Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. facebook pages where people have talked about uh bumping into people taking selfies during a race and and i remember i followed someone running one of the disney half marathons i mean I, I was just wondering, were you even running? Because there were so many selfies and pictures. And um, so I think mm-hmm. it's finding that balance, you know, between enjoying the race mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, remembering it in the way you'd mm-hmm. like to. Yeah. And I think because we here, I'm sure we have plenty of mothers listening. I'm sure that exists too in the world of motherhood, right? Like, you know, all these people with their perfect little families and kids aren't messy. That's not reality. We all know that. Mm -hmm. And uh, true story, I went to a fun run, quote unquote, (laughs) fun run, um, that (laughs) was influencer based um, in New York City. Nobody was running. (laughs) I was. Nobody's running. I was stoked. I showed up like wearing my gear. I was ready to that was my workout for the day because I was naive. Uh-huh. And then I showed up and it was not a run. It was a uh-huh. like slight jog to the next graffiti mural, stop for 500 <laughs> minutes and take photos. So yeah, it's like, I worry sometimes that I'm very aware of these things because I work in the industry, but I worry that uh-huh. the average person out there isn't aware that like these photos are photoshopped. These are all curated experiences. It's all through a filter. Mm-hmm. Like take a step back. Mm-hmm. Don't compare yourself. You know, you have to really mm-hmm. do a reality check with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and also the Peggy, what you were saying spiked that um, sometimes when you're so busy taking pictures, you don't really see yeah. what what it is you're experiencing and what uh, that it's um, um, that I was reminded of this. I went to um, my younger daughter was in a musical at school. And um, so during the one point where she kind of had a solo of sorts, I was taking video of it on the second night I saw it. And I suddenly realized after I was done taking a videotape, I'm like, I don't, I don't really feel like I saw that. Like looking through the lens of, you know, looking at your phone screen mm-hmm. isn't the same as seeing it. 
you know, and that, um, I don't know, like, you know, here I know I'm supposed to be taking pictures, Maggie, so that, you know, we can post them on the, the you know, at mo- the Mother Runner Instagram account. But sometimes I get back from a run, I'm like, oh, I was so busy looking at San Francisco and the, the bay and the Marin Headlands and all that stuff that I didn't stop to take a picture of it, <laughs> you know? And so, I don't know, I think, I think there's something to be said for experiencing it. And just, you know, I oftentimes say to my kids, you know, just look at it. Don't take pictures. Yeah, absolutely. We're already hearing from our readers and runners that they're craving like a naked run or a sensory run mm-hmm. where you just leave your tech behind and you go out mm-hmm. and you tap into your body and you listen to those physiological markers and and you really mm-hmm. experience it. And, you know, even top coaches that we've interviewed who work with elites and have access to the highest level of equipment are still encouraging their pros to, hey, take that watch off for this workout. I want you to hear your Mm -hmm. breath, listen to your feet hit the ground, feel your heart Mm -hmm. beat. So you know when you're pushing it too hard, you know, that that's also Mm -hmm. an important part Mm -hmm. of running and losing that by tuning out Mm -hmm. through, you know, different technologies, using your camera, listening to music, whatever it is, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it definitely could affect your performance at a certain level. It can affect your performance and it can affect your enjoyment. You know, that, uh, I mean, uh, I love my Aftershocks headphones because I can still hear the birds, you know, it's springtime. And so now they're all just going crazy here in Portland. I'm like, oh, over the, over the podcast, I can still hear the birdies. And, you know, I love being able to smell the flowers when I go by. You know, I literally stop and smell the flowers on my run. You know, yeah. it's Daphne season out here. So um, I use those Aftershocks headphones as well. They're great. Oh, my God. I do, too. I, it's the, kind of a necessity in Chicago, though. I'm not listening to birds. I'm listening to, to <laughs> Uber drivers yell profanities at me. <laughs> there was a walk signal and I had the audacity to go. <laughs> like, yeah, that's why I have to be aware. <laughs> yeah, it's similar here in New York. Oh, my goodness. Well, enjoy a Connecticut, a Stanford, Connecticut run for me, Molly. I will. I am yeah. so eager to get to Todd's point. That oh. is. See, I have only been to all of that stuff like once or twice. I was in, um, I was here, here, I'll show my age. I was in a bicentennial parade. I don't know if you even know what the bicentennial was. And, uh, it was, uh, I was, my mother was, um, uh, like on, on the board for the Stanford Historical Society. And so I got to be in the float for the Historical Society and got to wear this fabulous colonial <laughs> dress that she made me with this, uh, um, like mob cap. And, See, we need <laughs> and social so, media. We need pictures. Yeah. I know yeah. that talk about needing photos from childhood. Oh my gosh. So, um, and, uh, oh my gosh, the cutest boy was in the, like, I was the, you know, little colonial girl and he was the little <laughs> colonial boy and he was so cute. But so we ended up down in around Japan and which is where the water is. And I yes. just was like, I have no idea where I am. How are my parents going to find me? And <laughs> later I was like, mom, where were we? I've never been there. <laughs> that's amazing yeah i've been calling that shippin since i moved there so i'm really glad to learn that the proper pronunciation is japan japan yes oh my gosh that's hilarious (laughs) see you learn something new on this podcast too it's fabulous absolutely okay all right thanks so much molly thank you so sorry to geek out on Stanford there for a bit, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, a lot to think about, I think, about social media and how it can affect. And I mean, 
AMR wouldn't be here if it wasn't for social media. So keep using it, folks. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for after the run, but maybe just try a non-technology run a couple of days a week. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and we do hear from so many women that it helps get them out the door, like particularly if it's you know, dark or cold or stormy or whatever that, um, you know, it can serve as motivation that way. So, um, so speaking of motivating, let's hear what Dimity and those train like a mother club folks are up to. Hey, hey, everybody, it's Dimity here in Denver with your Train Like a Mother Club corner. I am coming off of a morning of um, incline on the treadmill, did kind of a pseudo hike on the treadmill, uh, varying my incline, and um, my glutes are feeling a little cooked right now, and um, that's a good feeling, by the way. And I'm thinking that you're feeling like you may be having a little bit of a jelly bean hangover or rhesus egg hangover or, you know, just a little bit too much sugar. So I wanted to take a minute and read um, this post from Jessie, who is in the Simply Nourish Like a Mother program. She wrote this one week in when we're talking about um, vegetables, really. That whole first week is just making sure that you get plenty of vegetables during your day. And this is what she wrote. Um, She says, I know we have barely scratched the surface of this program, but I'm seeing some major wins already. Number one, I have leftover chocolate cake in my fridge that I have zero interest in. And it's an amazing cake from Costco. Although I will fully admit I had a slice of it on my birthday last week. Of course you did. Um, I don't need my late night crunchy carb snack anymore. I've got a bag of chips in the pantry that I haven't even touched And then number three is, I ran 10 miles the other day and felt amazing. I didn't eat anything pre-run and only had an energy bite on mile eight. If all of this is just from eating veggies, I'm now a veggie evangelist. I can't wait to see how the rest of the program grows. And then Ellie Kempton, the nutritionist who runs Simply Nourished Like a Mother, says, Jesse, you are tasting the magic of whole food fuel. I love, love, love this report. So just, uh, you know, just wanted to (laughs) remind you to eat your veggies. It might make a difference in how you feel. Um, And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. We will see you next week and hope everything goes well and you have some happy, happy miles this week. Take care. All right. Okay. So last week I asked you to tweet at Chip Gaines from Fixer Upper to convince him to be the guest on the Father's Day episode of our podcast. Maggie, did you? Yeah, I, I need you behind this. You're our social media maven. We're going to work on this. Um, I love Chip and Joanna. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Um, if I could be like one tenth as beautiful and I don't know to have the flair that she has, my goodness. Um, so, and he's a good foil to her. So we need him on the show. So let's stay at him. Uh, tweet or post on the, I guess maybe the Fixer Up or Facebook page using the hashtag Honorary Mother Runner. Um, Chip is training for his first marathon and he seems really enthusiastic about it. He's really, um, you know, doing it for a good cause and very open about, um, you know, what he's supporting and everything. So let's get him on the show. So hashtag Honorary Mother Mother Runner to at Chip Gaines on Twitter. So thank you. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Whether you track them on social media or not, many happy miles. Happy miles.